Xbox lands on the TV, Windows 11 turns one, and well, here we are talking about Edge and having a little more fun. I, I, why'd I do that? Happy Friday, friends! It was a, uh, whatever that intro was. I make, I make no apologies for rhymes and whatever reason. Whatever, it's Friday. Hopefully you had a wonderful week. It's July 1st. June is over. Microsoft's fiscal year is over over they are now technically into fiscal year 2023 and it gets a little confusing until december when the calendar flips over either way uh microsoft's done with their fiscal year we're into july summer is steamrolling away and we've got a lot to talk about i'm in a good mood hopefully you are too hopefully anyways uh microsoft is uh opening things up and inviting parents into a family insider program which honestly kind of is interesting to me i've got a kid uh she likes to play on the internet she uses a lot of microsoft products and the service and an edge browser and so well, this is something that actually appeals to me and so if this is something that appeals to you just search family insider program and you'll get uh you can sign up for it and get access to newer features that are eventually coming hopefully potentially maybe uh to the general audience about having uh you know controlling your uh, family experience so uh with your kids either way we don't know a ton about it yet but anyways it is coming uh, other things that are coming microsoft inspire is coming back july 19th through the 20th and microsoft's inspire conference is their annual sales conference now i believe it's in las vegas again it used to be in fun places like toronto and washington dc but now it's back in Vegas, and either way, I don't think this is open to public uh, or the press either. It used to be open to press, but either way. Uh, their sales conference is always an interesting time. Reason being, you can understand, one, Microsoft will lay out their pitch for the new year, where they expect growth and how they expect to obtain that growth. Also, from a sales and, and sort of outsider perspective, we can look and see where Microsoft is dumping their money with their, their sales initiatives. And that kind of tells us like, hey, what products are coming down the pipeline, where they think growth is going to happen and how they think they're going to execute upon that growth. So it's a really interesting com like sort of a conference. It's not always something where there's like a direct, like, here's the announcement, go play with it sort of thing. It's more of a, this is where Microsoft thinks the year ahead is happening. It's really fun. And from an outside observer perspective to sort of watch that as it goes along um other things you can watch as they go along but i am not a fan of this well there are some scenarios for it, but i whatever stories a thing that have been made popular on social applications like snapchat and instagram and, and facebook and everybody shoves stories in their twitter had them at one point why not onedrive too uh so story stories are coming to OneDrive now in some regard, I can see how this might be useful in a way where if you have a shared photo library with some family and that's the only place you want to share them, you don't want to put them on the Facebooks, so you want to keep them a close, like, tight circle and text messaging doesn't work, maybe this works. I This is not for me. Uh, this has inklings of when they tried to turn... Uh, what was it skype into snapchat if you remember that little fun experiment that microsoft did that that was backtracked really 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 quickly um either way they're, they're testing it out doesn't mean it's actually coming but somebody took the time to build these things and so that use that uh so now now take this next bit of information with a grain of salt because the information comes from a duplex which is an advertising company who has ads on on certain apps and they can they can get some metrics of what's going on out in the world while microsoft won't tell us how many people are running windows 11 they can kind of sort of tell us so they believe that that the windows 11 market share is somewhere around 23 ish percent uh the question is is that good now this is the week this past week it has been one week or one year it was 
this last week, but it has been a year, you'll see where I'm going, that Windows 11 was announced. So the question becomes, is 23% at this point in the life cycle good or bad? Well, first off, we don't know how accurate that 23% is. My personal inkling here is that it actually skews a little higher than, say, what the actual is. Reason being is that people who are using apps that are probably going to have these certain types of advertisements in it, I would argue that they might be a little bit more technical. They might not be your average mom and pop. So it might be skewed a little higher. Either way, let's just say it's around 20%. Is that good? I don't I, I don't know, honestly. We need to get to the one year mark because then we can at least try to compare it to Windows 10 in some regard. But to me, it honestly feels a little bit low-ish. Now, we gotta keep in mind that this has sort of been expected because Microsoft raised the floor on the requirements for Windows 11. Not just any machine out in the world can run it. It's gotta have the TPM 2.0. It's gotta have a certain generation processor. And so maybe this is a good thing. Microsoft just likes to talk in Windows now, right? Obviously that's combining Windows 10 and 11. Uh, Windows 10, by the way, which to no surprise is somewhere around 75-ish percent, if 23% is uh, Windows 11, 75, it's got to be about Windows 10, and then there's some other riffraff floating out in there. Windows 7, I'm sure somebody's running Windows XP. We know there's some people running 8.1. Um, so either way, either way, I don't know. Uh, you know, Windows 11 turning effectively 1 at this point is, it's a big milestone, obviously, from announcement. We haven't hit the actual shipping date, but it was when we got roughly the first build of Windows 11. There was the one that leaked a little bit earlier in June. But either way, the OS has changed, but it hasn't changed a ton. And so... I, I have a lot of mixed feelings on it. I mean, on one hand, I understand where Microsoft is headed. Like, they're trying to modernize that refresh, make it feel a little more mobile-ish with the centered experience, and they also cut out a lot of features. Full transparency, I work for a company and ship products that restore those features and enhance functionality, so keep that in mind as I'm talking about this. Um, I, but I do, the first thing I do is I still like it left justified in my icon center. That is, I, that is what I was hoping that Microsoft was going to do with Windows 11. That's how I have Windows 10. 10 setup icon start menu left side icons or er, er, start menu left side along with the weather widget left side and then my open apps in the middle ungrouped and then that's just how I like it. And so that's how I ran Windows 10, and that's how I want to run Windows 11. Overall, I like the design aesthetics of Windows 11. I like the Micah experience. I think Microsoft is headed in a good direction. I think we all just kind of thought maybe they were going to get there a little bit faster. It was really rough around edges, and Windows 11 has matured, and they've brought uh, the you know cohesity across the experience much better it's still it's still somewhat of a jaded experience meaning when features arrive and how they arrive is a little tossed up in the air right now as an example tabs are now available in the release uh, preview channel but they're not available to everybody ab and that's not necessarily windows 11 thing that was done on windows 10 but features and updates are now coming like hot and heavy from a ton of different directions and it just kind of feels like your machine is always being updated or there's always an update in some some way or another and i wish that microsoft would have held true to their really like genuinely like hey we're updating this thing once per year but we already know that that's not true um they might be updating the build number once per year but they're absolutely servicing and updating the os with new features functionality and everything else which is kind of whenever they feel like it and so uh here we are and um i don't know i, I i'm more optimistic about windows 11's future today than i probably was uh, when it launched but um yeah i don't know you know it, it, it's what fun would it be if microsoft launched a perfect os i think is kind of the what it boils down to. Either way, we'll see where, where it ends up. Uh, Microsoft also patched Azure security flaw uh, for their affecting their Linux-based Linux, -based, uh, Linux 
only workload. So this is in the Azure service fabric. There was a flaw, Microsoft patched it, but there was an exposure. And so they came out and, and talked about that. Um, also, they're talking about this week, Microsoft is, they're, they're shoving so much stuff into Edge and it makes me a little frustrated to, to some extent. They will soon let you collaborate on collections and more. I don't, I don't know who's asking for all this. Microsoft is very clearly and maybe consciously trying to turn Edge into more than just a browser, sort of like a mini OS, if you will. And maybe that's maybe that's intentional. Maybe there's a, a bigger vision where we've all kind of talked about like, what about Edge OS? We got Chrome OS, why not Edge OS? And it kind of feels like Microsoft is pushing that way. We've got the gaming stuff. There's like a calculator now. Um, they've got these collaboration experiences. And so all of this sort of comes from Microsoft trying to differentiate itself from Chrome. I use Edge on everything. I know a lot of people still like Chrome, whatever I use, well, I don't use it on mobile, but I use it on all my desktop PCs. And I also turn off all that crap. <laughs> like I, I turn it all off. I don't even use the password manager. I use one password because I'm, I'm a big believer of pulling the passwords out of the browser so you can jump between browsers as they see fit and not be locked to one. And one password's a great product. If you haven't used it, uh, I'm not sponsored in any meaningful way. I just, I pay for the product and I think it's a good one. Um, and so I use that across everything. Either way, I just want a browser that's a browser. I don't need a browser that's an OS. And so it, it just I, Microsoft, don't make it bloated. You had a really, really good product and a really good messaging. And now it just feels like it's getting a little plump around there. Um, some other things happening in the world of Microsoft and Google here, but it impacts Microsoft. Uh, Jeffrey Snover, the, the grandfather of uh, PowerShell, is leaving the company after 22 years, of which he says only 18 were good after he got demoted trying to build PowerShell, and now PowerShell's a thing. And it's a really kind of interesting timeline. Is uh, you know a lot, There's a lot of speculation out there. One, he's been there 22 years. Nobody is, and he's a technical fellow, which basically means he can walk in any office and just take a job that he wants at the end of the day. That being said, 22 years at any company is a long time, and nobody's thinking that there's a mass exodus, but it also is a big deal when a technical fellow like himself does leave the company. So we'll see what happens. You know, there's rumors floating around there that PowerShell just isn't quite what it used to be inside the world of Microsoft now that everything's up in the cloud and you can still do PowerShell cloud, but now there's also these Windows subsystem for Linux and like, is that the future where Microsoft wants to head and that's why he's being pushed out or something like that. I don't necessarily know if that's true. I can't imagine PowerShell going away at this point because PowerShell and IT admins and data centers go hand in hand and it's the best way and some, in some cases the only way to automate certain tasks inside the world of Windows, especially when it comes to things like Office 365, it is a big deal. Either way, uh, I think I talked last week about how the end is near. It wasn't necessarily referring to Snover, but it's the end of the fiscal year. This is when change happens. And also that should sort of scale back the speculation that the fact that he waited until the end of the fiscal year and it's just not a random Tuesday in the middle of, I don't know, uh, September or something like that kind of kind of plays that out the other interesting person leaving now this person is leaving google is javier soltero now that name isn't maybe so like jeffrey snover but this is the individual or he was leading the company uh accompli that got purchased by microsoft that then turned into the outlook app he worked at microsoft for a while then he went to google and ran the workplace stuff for about two ish years and now he's leaving google we don't know if he's leaving under his own free will or if he was asked to leave workplace has gone through some weird things remember they have like the work workplace was free and then it's not free and then I'm guessing there was a mass exodus or whatever we've also got google chat and chat things flying all over the place we don't really know maybe he just doesn't like the corporate world uh we will see where he lands here in the near 
future. So, uh, moving on to the gaming news, because there's gaming news. There's Halo news, even to Halo news. So there's going to be, because of course, why not? There's going to be a Halo Insider program. Now, this Halo Insider program is going to let you access the network co-op. It's not, couch co-op is not, it's coming back. Uh, network co-op for Halo Infinite multiplayer, also Mission Replay is coming soon, but you must sign up for the program, my friends, if you want to play network co-op, which I think will solve a lot of complaints. It's not perfect, but uh, it will solve some of them. you got to sign up for that and then be looking for that information here in July ahead of a shipping date here you know, to everybody sometime, sometime early. Late summer, early fall, I believe, is the current expectation. So uh, other big things, because if you're in the world of Microsoft, you got to hit your June 30 deadlines. Uh, Samsung Gaming Hug that bring Gaming Hug Gaming Hug Hub with a B is now available for everybody uh, if you have a Samsung 2022 TV. And so what this allows you to do is bring your xCloud content to your TV, sans console, sans anything else, directly onto the boob tube. And uh, yes, you can now play cloud gaming and that, that's out there. It, it sort of completes the vision for the, you know, you've got your phones, you've got your tablets, you've got your PCs, now you've got your TVs. Now I expect it will come to more TVs in the future. But as of today, Samsung is the launch partner. Microsoft has a long history with Samsung. They've did a lot of stuff on the Your Phone app and everything else. And so this is sort of a natural partnership. And I'm sure that there were some financial incentives one way and or another. Also, Fall Guys now available out. Uh, I think everybody knows that. My own, so I've been playing it. I, I don't mind in the fall guys there's also a halo crossover content coming might actually be available today but halo content crossover coming either way the one thing i, I like fall guys this is a great beautiful game good job guys the one thing i wish that it had i wish that it had couch co-op i actually didn't realize it didn't i sat down with my daughter and i was expecting us to be able to play split screen and you can't you can do invite to from another device but that's i've got a nine-year-old like i want to be sitting next to her playing the game and so we just traded off it was fine but i just wish that it had uh, local stuff also uh sony launched some new pc peripherals now this is interesting now they're not using the playstation branding they're using the in zone branding potentially to try to distance themselves or separate themselves from their playstation console so that other gamers will buy this they actually look pretty good and so you can get up to a 4k i believe it's 144 hertz 27 inch uh, ips display monitor for around 900 dollars dues it's, uh, I think it's, honestly, it was shocking that Sony hadn't been doing this because PC peripherals are a great place to get some margin. And I guess maybe now that Sony's bringing more of their content to Steam, they are feeling like, man, let's try to, you know, upsell some peripherals. There's also some headsets along there, but I think the monitors, at least from my perspective, are where they're at because Sony has a, a legacy in the TV space. Their Bravia TVs, especially some of their new Bravias are actually pretty darn good. And so we will see if any of that stuff, uh, I don't know. We'll see how deep Sony is willing to go in there. I'm not the in the zone. Like I, it's like you're in the zone of playing, I guess, is sort of the thing. Um, not my cup of tea for the branding. Either way, uh, on to the questions. My favorite part of every week. Mad Thinus says, a little speculation question. What will the Xbox team target for the mid-cycle refresh, and will there be one? I do believe there will be a mid-cycle refresh. We don't quite know what it looks like. Here's here's the only... the. So people are like, what about a performance upgrade much like the One X? Now, now, now you got to remember, the reason why the One X launched, if I remember correctly, is because the PlayStation was more powerful, like on, on paper and spec-wise. And so they launched the One X to be the most powerful console. As of right now, Microsoft still retains that crown. Now, granted, they could be sitting there thinking, hmm, I wonder if Sony's going to try to make a more powerful console that's more powerful than us, so we should be you know ahead of the game. You can speculate all the way. Here's the thing that, the only thing that matters to me 
in a new console. There's going to be one of two routes they go. If they go the performance route, the only thing that matters to me is I want to stop having to choose between performance mode and quality mode. And for those who aren't initiated and don't have an X a Series X, what that means is sometimes you can pick between roughly not every game, but like 4K uh, 60 frames per second or 1080p in 120 frames per second. Let's get to the point where 4K 120 is just always available. Doesn't matter the game. That is the only performance benchmark going forward that matters. Potentially maybe HDR 10 plus or whatever they're calling it. I don't, and I'm not even sure if that works for video games. I know Dolby Vision is there because the other thing that needs to happen too is the dashboard needs to become Dolby Vision and support all that stuff so that when you launch a game, your TV doesn't go boop black and then black again and then the little thing in the top right corner says Dolby Vision and whatever Microsoft fix, fix your dashboard so that doesn't happen either way uh, if Microsoft isn't going to increase performance I think we will definitely see a Series X without a disk drive to lower that price point I think at that point they might just leave the legacy box and then potentially launch a new Series X without one and lower the price like 50 bucks that might be a real interesting observation or opportunity so be on the lookout for something like that. And not to mention, there's the, I guess the third option is they just don't even tell us, right? They do revisions of boards all the time. They do revisions of chipsets to make things cooler, smaller, easier to package up and increase their yield. So, uh, JNBCKs, anything looking forward that might come out of Ignite? So, Ignite is probably my favorite Microsoft conference in the year. And so, Microsoft has an IT Pro conference. It's typically September-ish time, late September-ish, to be clear. And sometime around there, it's a little hard to say what am I looking forward to. I am, I'm a, I'm very dedicated to Microsoft Teams. I have a rich history. I, I leaked Microsoft Teams, and I, it's just sort of been like a baby my entire career. And so I'm very fascinated to see the evolution of Microsoft Teams and them adding more features and functionality into it to create a, a, a Teams OS that we have been hearing about how Microsoft views Teams going forward. So I always look forward to Teams and to see what they are doing in that regard. The other thing I'm looking forward to, which I feel like I've been saying this or i don't know about two years is our is or are loops the loops experience microsoft is starting to kind of bring this stuff in there they have an app called loops floating around they've announced it but they don't know when they're shipping it and so that is the other one that i hope that we see but i cross my fingers that we do i don't know if it will uh confused geek says uh what do you think happened and or will happen to the playstation devs that microsoft has acquired of course i'm assuming the devs will work on specific consoles we don't quite know Microsoft could try to pull them over to the Xbox side. We don't know about ports, although aside from like the Minecrafts of the world, um, that's a really interesting question. We'll have to kind of wait and see, uh, but we don't really know. And says, also, do you think Microsoft will port the first Gears and Halo CE to PlayStation? I do not. I do not. I think Microsoft porting games to PlayStation, I think, is going to be the outlier rather than the norm, unless there are contractual obligations, i.e. like Activision um, going forward. Now, Call of Duty is sort of a, a different experience because that game thrives on the massive population and Microsoft would really hurt themselves. Although I do expect to see some Xbox exclusive content, uh, definitely for Call of Duty at some point, much like how there used to be the early access to maps and everything else on PlayStation. I expect something like that uh, for sure to go away. Mr. PKI coming in, Mr. Consistent should be his new name. It says, have you tried out the new Defender for individuals on your mobile device? No, I have not because I run an iPhone and I'm almost, and I'm pretty sure that it's kind of useful on an iPhone. Um, as much like your phone on, the, on, on Windows is not really, it's not great. It, it doesn't really have many features that are 
whatever. Uh, Defender for Individuals doesn't really pique my interest all that much. He says, has anyone conducted a review and determined if there are any useful security add-ins or are they a battery hog? The one interesting thing about Defender was actually, I believe, this week on the PC. It was noted that it was driving up some higher CPU usage, like of like a 4 to 6% constant rate. And I believe it's a bug related to Defender that was driving that uh, additional sort of overhead or whatever, you know, sucking down some of your performance. So, no, I have not tried it on my phone, and candidly, I don't know if I will. If somebody knows why I should put it on my phone, I would love to know that. I mean, it's obviously on all the Windows PCs and everything else that's Windows-related, but, uh, like, it's not going to... What's the point of putting it on an iPad and that my kid uses, I guess, uh, is is one one question. And then, Matto Bear ending it up here. Now, there was, uh, I think it was Jez, my buddy Jez, talked this week a little bit about an Xbox handheld, I think it was on a podcast or something like that, that he thinks... And go quote, go, go look into this from him. This is not for me. I do not have any information about Microsoft building an Xbox handheld at this time. Um, but he says, hey, Brad, isn't it about time that Microsoft made a dedicated Xbox handheld? Now, what Jez was tweeting out, if I remember correctly, was like, what if you could buy a handheld and only some of the games ran locally and you streamed other games? I, I, I still don't. Microsoft has a kind of rough history with mobile hardware, phones. Look at Nokia and look how much money they lost there. So there's going to be a lot of internal reservations around this. Now, you could argue that maybe Microsoft should build the Hero Cloud device for Xbox that is a handheld. Maybe. Okay. I mean, they. I guarantee you they're looking at the Nintendo Switch going like, gosh, can we... Can we build a Nintendo Switch? And can we sell it like the Nintendo Switch? And candidly, I don't think they can. Uh, not that they can't build it, not that they can't design good hardware. The problem and challenge that Microsoft has is the reason why Nintendo handhelds sell so well is because Nintendo has always had handhelds. That, that's been their thing. You can all remember the big brown or beige cube that we all had and we're trying to get the lights on and you had the little glass thing over with the light. Anyway, Nintendo has had handhelds for decades. They've also designed content that works explicitly well on handhelds. They also have cute, fun, animated titles uh, that work well in that environment. In my opinion, the majority of people playing uh, PlayStation and Xbox, and we'll just talk about Xbox here, are a lot of, especially in the U.S., are like first-person shooters. I don't envision that Call of Duty, not 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 mobile Call of Duty, by the way. I mean, like Xbox Call of Duty, playing on a handheld being that great of an experience. It, it could be good, but then your battery life's going to be short. Um, and if you're wanting to play FPS you want the big screen, you want the full console, you want the big res. I don't know. And then they have this whole cloud narrative. The whole cloud narrative is that everything can be an Xbox mobile device. Like here, like here's an iPhone. I've got a backbone uh, sitting over next to me and I can turn this thing into an, a, a handheld mobile device or handheld uh, Xbox device. I could see why Microsoft would do it. I don't necessarily agree why they should do it. And I don't think it's a great business decision personally. Uh, I think Xbox should continue the course that it's on, continue to work with partners, let maybe partners do this. They're probably looking at the Steam Deck. Steam Deck is probably, the, right now the Steam Deck would be the hardware to beat and the pricing and the modeling would be the device to beat, not so much the Switch. And the question becomes, does a product like the Steam Deck sell enough? I don't know. I don't know, does that make, does it, is it, is it enough for Microsoft? It's a great question. It's a lot of fun to ponder, and I really appreciate the questions this week, everybody. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. We'll continue to noodle on, on the Defender for individuals and Xbox handhelds for individuals as well. As always, friends, it has been a wonderful week. It has been... June is over. We are into July. We're going to start to see Microsoft move some deck chairs around. I can't wait to do this journey with you. We'll be back next week. Have yourselves a wonderful week, and we'll catch all of you right back here next time.